Yo, yo. Welcome back. Welcome back. Very special episode today for the Hanging in the House podcast. This is our 420 episode. We are going to get it in. And on today's show, we have a very special guest, some of my full sale family, an amazing individual. She jumped in, as she always does, to get the job done. Everybody say hello, and thank you for being on the show to Miss Rayanna Spate. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's about. I'm, I like to find my people and highlight what they do. Even though she has a ton of credits already, um, I really like the stuff that you have with short films, I think that's the path that I'm on. I'm on my fifth one now, uh, doing audio for it. So if you can find your bread and butter through short films and then move up to other stuff that way, y'all can check her out Mm -hmm. on IMDb and all those other places. She has just, as the smoke clears, created equal, and a bunch of other stuff, even stuff that ain't even came out yet. We might get into that a little bit if she'll let us do it. But I'm gonna let her get into telling you about what she does and how she do what she does. What's up? What's up? So am I just starting off with like a basic intro? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well yeah, I mean I started off acting and singing just as a young child. I did a lot of extracurricular activities and um, I did my first play when I was in like the fourth grade. I did go to Opry Three Bears. So that was just my first little introduction into acting, and I stayed with that. I did a lot of theater as a kid, and I did my first short film when I was in 10th grade. It was for this camp called On The Set Summer Film Camp, and I was in Birmingham, Alabama. I think they now have a Atlanta location, too, and they bring celebrities. They'll bring one celebrity to this camp to film this film with you. Like, they help write it, and they come work with you and they also help teach you how to act and my year we got Malik Yoba really dope guy word New York Undercover oh yeah yeah New York Undercover yes. yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that's him and he did a our pair of stones too I might be a little bit more recognizable and, you know, I can do battle by myself right yeah for the younger people I think it was uh why did I get married? Yeah, he was in both of them. Mm-hmm. So really nice, and I, yeah, that was tenth grade, and I was I got the leading actress part, made the short film, and we got to do an award show for that film a few months later, and I got best actress, and it was a really fun experience. But during that time on that camp, they also taught us the production side, and I sort of fell in love with the production side. I did love acting. I still do. But um, at the time, I knew that there was going to be, I guess, limited character to being an actress and having to go to Hollywood and flying around the world. I was young, but I knew it then. And I kind of decided that I, I just wanted to take her out where I could be a little bit more free and get to learn myself a little bit more before being that young and setting out an acting career. So I went into sound more, and I started thinking about, like, how could I make my own music? I had a keyboard. I learned how to play piano, but I never actually created a music track using software. So I started researching it, and my first DAW, my first DAW that I ever used was Mixcraft. It was Mixcraft 6 at the time. And yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I made it to senior year, and I was looking at 
colleges and kind of decided I might go into the, the production field and just stay with my creative arts and go into acting. And I wasn't looking into any colleges academically. And then a friend mentioned Full Sail University to me. And I had seen it and thought it was only an online school. But once I did more research, I realized they had a campus. And I had an advisor message me. And from then on, I was an audio girl. Like, I turned into an audio girl. I got a scholarship um, for 25000 at Full sale, And I started, I hit the ground running. I started working with WWE there. I became a sound engineer of a local church. I worked with Disney and a lot of the, you know, events on campus. And I got I got to work in the studio that's downtown in Orlando, and I just became an audio girl, and I loved it. And ever since then, um, that has been the life. And now I'm doing a lot of live sound, which has been an interesting ride for me. I kind of moved into live. Studio world can be a little bit difficult to get into, but also with live sound, it's just it's different. It's very fast-paced, and in the live world, you work on a project at the most for a week before you're on a completely new adventure. And that's what I loved about the live world. That's dope. So that's been really amazing. And I now work with the Raiders and I work at Allegiant Stadium and it's just been a blast this past year. But I'm excited to also get back to some audio posts. I've just built up my studio, uh, home studio again, created like my own little editing bay. And I'll be working with my very good friend, Donna Davis, he is a writer and a director and a cinematographer. Most of my work you see on IMDb will probably be under her name. She's just an amazing person. I love working with her, and I will pretty much put my name on anything she creates. So upcoming is some amazing deal she has going on, and so I'll just be working under her. I can't give too much info. I'm not certain if she has put that info out yet. Okay. Is it... Okay, so can you can you give, is it another documentary or is it? Yeah, actually, I'm pretty sure I can. Let me take a quick look. I'm on Instagram. I'm just going to take a quick look. Okay, yeah, it's on here. So she tagged herself, yeah. So she was able to get a deal, production deal with uh, Tamara Simmons, the Tamara Simmons writer, I mean, executive producer of Surviving R. Kelly. And so I'm just so proud of her for that. Okay. And her moving forward. You know, with, with her deal, it's just, she's she's definitely paving the way for a lot of women in the film world. So I'm so proud. Her name is Donna Davis. Shout out to Donna Davis. <laughs> doing big things, making it happen, putting in the work that it takes to get mm-hmm. it done. And that's beautiful. Yeah. And like, if I might name drop a lot of people because at the end of the day, everything that I'm able to do, like, is, is because of other people. This entire, you know, this entire industry is all about collaboration. I'm just an audio girl. Somebody has to make the movie. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm right there with you. Look, call mm-hmm. me when you got picture lock. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm post-production sound. That's what I do. That's my thing. And if, if I'm allowed to do music before the film is done, if we have some collaborative efforts, even if I'm going to be part of the temp music spot, I like having that. I love building my network mm-hmm. and just meeting people. And regardless of how people feel about it, like at the end of the day, we realize after you get into this and you start building relationships, it is a really small, tight knit group of people. And the energy is contagious and amazing at the same time. That's what I think. I love that. And you get so much more done when you find those group of people who are ready to hit the ground running and they put put in the work. 
And that's how you get the IMDb to, to start filling up. And that's how you get your resume to start filling up. It's just great experience. I think we got to find a new phrase for you because hit the ground running didn't work. I, you might have to use like the full sale launch pad because you took off quick and just <laughs> stayed busy. Just quality work. So let's dive into let's dive into some non-work. Oh, yeah. I asked this of a few people already. I'm asking you, you're next up on the list. What has been your go-to favorite snack post-COVID? Favorite snack post-COVID. Hmm. Oh, come on. What do I always eat? It's still Cool Ranch Doritos. It's, it will never change. Oh. <laughs> I just, I'm not even going to try because I'm looking at my um, stove with two empty Cool Ranch Doritos. Like, I can't do this. Like, yeah, Cool Ranch Doritos. <laughs> Wait, wait. I am a fan. That and Arizona cheese. They don't make the cans big enough. No, that's all, you're right. That's always a problem. Like, they, they really don't. They give you just enough. Some scientist <laughs> is locked up in a room somewhere, and they, like, give them 4.6 ounces less than what Like, that's literally the is. truth, though, Chris. Like, they actually know how much sugar to give you so that you need another can. <laughs> that's how they keep you back at the gas station. Mm-hmm. 99 cents. <laughs> right. Love in a can. So really quick, we'll we'll dive into, we've talked to a lot of people about Full Sail, right? And we've talked yeah. to about the curriculum and whatnot. But what was your social life like in order for you to hit the ground? And how did you get those, those relationships built and solidified just being you and just seeking people who didn't do what you did that had the work going on? How did, how did that unfold for you? Mm, that's a good question. So... It's, it's sort of uh, like a hard reality. And, you know, you're going to see right there in your face the difference between, like, the difference between work ethic and non-work ethic. And just honestly, a lot of the, the social life is the work. That is your social life. And it's not necessarily a bad thing because I know when you think of the typical cubicle desk job, yeah, we're not comparing, we're not looking at that like a social life but we're in we're setting up for wwe yeah people go to wwe in our industry we we work for the social life we are behind the social life we are the bones of the social life so it's just easy to fall into um, being social with the people around you because you're already there like people socialize at concerts where we're already here and we get to talk about the exact same thing that people would talk about at a concert. But being at Full Sail, you're going to be, you know, in the lab a lot, whether that might be the studio or wherever it is. When I was there, it actually, I was a part of the switch in the curriculum where we went from four-hour classes to two-hour classes. Those oh, wow. four-hour classes were, um, ooh, those, those took me out, <laughs> I'll admit. <laughs> those did take me out, and those did take up a lot of my time. And But, yeah, outside of that, you really just jump into to the industry and that it takes you places. It really does. I worked for Disney, which took me to, to, you know, celebration. I worked for WWE. I worked at the downtown audio production studio that's inside of the library. 
Oh yeah. And you meet a lot of people there too. And you and you meet some people who might not be as motivated and I did see a difference simply because I mean it's just a matter of difference of going out there. I call it freestyling. It's actually not a new term. It's just not a used term anymore. But I mean if you want the work, you should go where the work is. Sometimes if I see a, a small little stage that that was set up and I know that there's going to be a small concert happening, I might just hang around, you know, near the front where I see monitors or I might hang around where I see front of house just to chat up with whoever is working the event. And now you have a connection. And if they need some stagehand help, they have your number. And that's usually how it goes. See, she dropped the gym on y'all and y'all wasn't even ready mm -hmm. for it. That is exactly how it goes. I mean, it's through loitering. Yeah, you know, it's, I just told a friend not too long ago, a football player, and he has a friend who's on the Raiders, and I said, well, if you want to go find him, then you should probably go around the HQ. They're around there somewhere hanging out in the bar. Yeah, no doubt. I hear about him, uh, you know, like, so go out there and find him. If you want to read books, go to the library. If you want to read books, go to the library. That's it. That's really all it is. Like, the, that's really all it is. Go where the information is, and that's all I did. So is that what took you out to Vegas? So what took me out to Vegas, I actually went to Cali first. Right? I had to make a decision of where to go. I wouldn't say that I didn't necessarily want to be in Orlando, but at the time I was looking for heavy studio work. I graduated in 2016, and there wasn't too much studio work in Orlando. I did go to LA, but I'm glad you asked about the social life because in LA, that's where the social life was killed for me. It's such a busy work environment, but you know, the, the cost of living is very high yeah. and the wages aren't. So you have to put in so many hours and because there's so many hours being put in, people don't really have too much time to go outside of those hours. So I had to make a decision. Do I want, you know, in this industry, we also kind of, make it seem like we have to go through hell and high water, be happy and to get the, the job we want. But we all don't have to be in a studio with the top rapper of the year. And I had to make a decision if I wanted to be happy being an audio engineer or if I wanted to just continuously fight for the top spot of being an audio engineer. And I said, I want to be happy being an audio engineer. Man, say that again for the people in the back. Yeah. I just wanted to be happy doing what I want to do doing what I'm put here to do, what I'm passionate about. Love that. Yeah, and that's in the soul, right? Because once you realize that you really love the actual gig of being an audio engineer, you really don't care, you know, outside of views, like who you're working for. Like, I love doing indie work. I, and I end up finding a lot of my heart being with indie, indie films because there's so much underrated work out here. Yeah, definitely. And I, I just love knowing that I can work so hard. I want to make your movie sound like a Marvel movie. We can also look like a blockbuster film, even though that we're indie. And I and I love it. And so, yeah, when you when you really know your spark, you will be okay being the little person. And that's not to say like I'm the little person. Like I'm not just you know. Yeah, that's that's how I got to Vegas. I left LA. Vegas was a really good up and coming spot. So I kind of just I just rolled the dice. Came over here, and when I heard about the stadium, I planted my feet, and I kind of knew that I was going to be working with the stadium. I always wanted to. You aligned yourself with that energy, and it, and it and it worked out in the, in that fashion. That's super dope. I like 
what you said about working with indies, I think there's a creative freedom that they give you being a audio person because most of them don't don't speak audio. Most of them don't speak yes. music. So like going into their world and assimilating that you become a unicorn because they're not used to that. They're used to grabbing stuff that's stock. They're used to grabbing stuff that's already set in place. So when you mold those things mm-hmm. together, you create magic. Like I got two films that I worked on that I'm hoping that they do well at the festivals and whatnot. I'm just the audio guy on, right? I'm just a composer and Foley uh-huh. guy. We could talk about Foley in a second too. But okay. I love that. Like they say, do what you, they're not these, you know, AAA studios and nothing like that, but they say, do what you do. I got you because I like what you do. I like what you bring to the table. It's unique. And I feel like it fits my film. Yeah. And that is a chemistry that I won't replace for any amount of money because it, it got me an award and it got me friendships, you know, from that, that I've gotten more work from it, but we gotten so many laughs and just kicking it and just, exploring what it is to be a creative. So I'm not going to keep rambling on. Oh, no, I love it. <laughs> uh, just say, I'm, I'm here. They hear me all the time, so they don't want to keep hearing me. They want to hear the people <laughs> I bring on the show. So next thing, um, really quick, we'll touch on this, and then we're going to move on to why we are doing this as the 420 episode. Foley work. I haven't had a Foley artist on yet. What is your go-to process for getting your sounds? Are you doing it organically, or are you doing it digitally? So... Foley, yes, if I do Foley, it's always organically because I just, I personally just separate in my head. If I'm pulling out of a sound bank, it's a sound effect. Gotcha. Actually, at first, I started out doing Foley. Outside of the film camp, when I got to Full Sail, I was Foley heavy. And I believe it's on my IMDb. It's called MXXI. Yeah. I've done so many. I did most of the Foley work. In 2017. Yeah. I did most of the Foley work. On that, it was so fun. But like, I remember the director; he came for one of the sessions, and the way I I was doing the footsteps, and I kind of have this weird stance when I'm doing it, so I'm kind of hunched over, like being very peculiar about where I'm putting my feet, and I'm really like concerned and staring at the TV, and and my hands are out as if I'm surfing. So I literally like pretend I'm surfing or snowboarding. Like that's what I look like when I'm trying to do my steps, and. I just remember the director was having so much fun, like laughing at my hand placements and it was just a good time. So I was, so, I was totally feeling you when you were talking about just like when you're in your creative spaces, there it's, it's such a freedom. There's freedom there and the freedom of expression is it's such a great time and you can just be yourself and um, all those, that dopamine and serotonin is just pouring out because there's no constriction. Yeah. Um, but it's really funny. The Amazon prime created equal. That also was a Foley gig. And here's another gem for anyone who's listening. I got that gig off of Craigslist. What? Wait. People don't know. People don't know. You got that gig <laughs> off of Craigslist. Okay, for anybody that doesn't know about Creative Equal, it is a great movie. It is from 2017. And you said it's on Amazon Prime. I've seen it a long time ago. Yeah. But it's a 2000, yeah, 2007. So hit up your, your local Craigslist market. You never know who's going to be on there. You might end up yeah. working with Ray. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that cr- like I had no idea. I found out a couple months ago when I was just looking at my IMDb just to you know see how it's been updated. I said, "You, this is crazy." It's now on Prime. 
Yeah. And I got that off Craigslist. If you guys go on Craigslist, you will see there is a gigs tab. And under there is a crew tab. Jeez. That's under crew. If you look, I mean, you can click on it right now. You will see center photographers, designers, YouTube production assistants, sound person for film. Wait a Need a PA for two to three hours on Monday. I'm just literally reading the things that's in Vegas right now. Sound operator with Pierre. Small doc, small student documentary. Sound engineer, designer needed for theater podcast. She dropping yeah. bombs. <laughs> she dropping bombs. Look, if you don't listen... You have nobody to blame but yourself. Go check it out. Take that shot. Flat out. Mind you, this is all coming from just that mentality of like, it has to be out there. It has to be out there. It has to be out there. So it could have been a simple Google search, searching every single keyword you can think of. And next, you know, you see a Craigslist ad and then you find, I found the gigs tab. I'm like, holy crap. I had no idea. (laughs) Boom. I found mine. All of mine came from Facebook and word of mouth. Like, yep. that's that's just putting in the work and meeting people and, and seeing who's doing what. If you stay with people that are putting in the work, you'll find the work and relationships to go along with it. Social media is pretty amazing when you use it right. Yeah, when you use it as a tool and not as a distraction, I think it's, it's pretty powerful and um, you can get a reach that you wouldn't normally get by putting ads in the paper. So let's switch gears a little bit more. I love the conversation that we're having so far. I really appreciate it. Definitely, this is one of the best conversations I've had this year. Let's get into the 420 aspect of the show. We discussed terpenes before. Now, everybody everybody knows about indica sativa. If you don't know, Google has that information. I'm not going to break that down for you. What the benefits are, <laughs> what the side effects are, what the everything in between is, you can find that. But the nooks and crannies are what they call terpenes. There is a ton of them, and they all have different properties, like the seven dwarfs. They all got a little something special to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. So while we're getting into that, what is your favorite strain? For whatever reason, and what is the major terpene in that strain? Amazing question. My favorite strain is called Blue Velvet Cookie. You can only get it in L.A. at Cannibal City Collective, and it smells like blueberry muffins. I'm not kidding. There's not a hint of the weed smell, right? It smells like you're baking, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) And it's... Uh, major terpene is limonene, and that is my favorite terpene. I'm a limonene lover. Man, if you could bottle that just by itself and put it in like a lotion, I'd be good. Just by itself. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of those things. Shout out to that place. Is that locally grown out there? Yes, they actually they grow that in-house. Nice. They are still medical, I think. I, I mean, I've been dying to go back out there just to... Um, just to get another bath. It was the only weed that really made me giggle. Does that make like giggling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know like weed in general will open up my mind so that I can laugh more. If that makes sense. And things are more fun. You're like, I will definitely hit a blunt before I put on like a comedian on Netflix. But that weed, I was sitting there staring at a wall, dying of laughter. 
I loved it. Like the paint was the comedian. The paint on the wall. I don't wall. know what was funny. <laughs> Everything was funny. It's a spice of life right there. So how did you four-way your way into the industry? I was in L.A. And, yeah, I mean, I guess being an audio engineer, I personally never have gotten too far into the studio sector to see, like, the um, cannabis and marijuana use. Right. But being in L.A., being in California, and that was the first time I was in a state that had legal marijuana, I was just interested. I'm a Virgo. I just I'm interested about things. I like learning about things. So if I'm going to partake in smoking cannabis, I want to know what I'm putting in my body. I really want to understand why people are fighting so hard for this. Yeah. And once I did the research. My mind was blown. I'm like, this is literally medicine. It's literally medicine. Yeah. So I I became a fan, like a super fan of cannabis. Yeah. Well, also being in LA, there's a lot of smoke shops. And I also started becoming, you know, interested in all of the different accessories that comes with smoking. So I had a friend in LA who was showing me, you know, all the dab rigs and the thongs and the eye and the vape pens. So, you know, it was very interesting seeing all of these accessories. And I remember thinking like, I really can't find one that I like though, because a lot of them kind of look crazy. So they either had, you know, a picture of Bob Marley on it or Curious George or some weird psychedelic pattern. <laughs> and I thought to myself, like, I want something to like, like look nice in my house. Cause I'm that type of person. Mm-hmm. I'm a decor type of person. And my entrepreneurial mindset goes, boom, Ray, you need a smoke shop. And it needs to be a serious one because I looked around and I really thought a uh, hard, and I thought about that in 2017 when I was in LA and I did not start my business till December in 2019. But once I got to Vegas, and I was in the dispensaries. It was, like a, it was a different vibe than L.A. L.A., you get a lot of the hipsters when you walk into the dispensary, and it's very chill. But in Vegas, you will walk into a dispensary, and you will see somebody in their suit right off of their Word. you know, six-figure job waiting to get home to his family. Getting medicated. Picking up some weed. <laughs> getting medicated. I love— Getting medicated. I'm a fan of glass artwork always been a fan of glass artwork. So when I started seeing, even before I knew they were pipes and bongs and everything, these elaborate pieces just stood out to me. And I was like, that is super dope just being what it is. So after I became a patient and a fan of the industry and started learning, you know, like you said, every little thing about the genetics of it, the, the, microbiology of it it's a wonderful ecosystem Mm -hmm. and it's not something you should shun from at all i don't believe it is i have a couple different terpenes that i like but we're we're both fans of team lanoline over here Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i suggest to anyone do your own research did go past the surface read between the lines don't just listen to you know the mass media or just even the ones that are trying to sell it to you do your own research for you because it's going to work for everyone differently and enjoy what you're getting into you know don't think about it too hard don't don't over politicize it don't over spiritualize it just let it be what it is cuz it's natural here put for us now shout out to you really 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 quick for starting your own business like that and getting 
the guys in the suits to come out to your shop. What has it been like? Oh, well, I have an online shop. Um, but that, that was the, so that was my inspiration was seeing people in their, I don't know, their white collar uniform. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. I want to remind people that we are working adults and we and smoke and weed, weed and we're fine. Weed. And so I wanted to create products that look very nice in your home. So that was my, I guess, my um, inspiration for having an online store. So I have an e-store. And right now it's in hiatus. And within a couple of weeks, it'll be back up. I'm just switching merchants. And that's going into the cannabis industry has definitely been a ride. There's, because, you know, it's not legal federally. There are so many. Correct hurdles you have to jump over so many hoops you have to jump through and you have to have special merchants and special platforms to blog about it and I built my website from coding because it was just easier to build a cannabis blog on WordPress where there there aren't any regulations to like what I'm putting on my website if that makes sense I got you yeah, everything I've had to learn. And now I can code it's just because of this. So it's just crazy having gone um, into this. But yeah, I, I absolutely love it. And I get to, and I might, you know, just send you a photo if you wanted to take a, a look. But I, I, I get to put just, I get to put some normal into cannabis. Like we can start normalizing by yeah. taking out the idea that every time we look at cannabis, we have to see these psychedelic patterns. And I'm not hating on those. I'm just, you know, why not have a, a weed storage jar that looks, it looks elegant, just like it was meant to be in your house and you don't know what's in there because it doesn't look like weed. Yeah. So that was it. I, I have some packaging that looks really elegant, just sleek. It, it looks like it was made by Apple or something. And at the end of the day, it breaks some of that stigma along with that. Yeah. Now, this is a perfect segue. If you want to, you can plug your business for when it's out of hiatus and we can bring you some business. Yeah, no problem. I mean, I have a blog, so I would love for anybody to go to the site because there's a blog and I have my Instagram and um, I also grow cannabis. So if you follow me on the blog or on Instagram, you will see um, some updates. But it's Kanabi Smoke Shop. So it's cannabis without the S, smoke shop, and dot com. And you will see um, the product that's going to be on the way. You will see my Instagram, and you have access to my Instagram. And I'm teaching people how to grow weed. There's a tea recipe on here. I'm going to give you some advice on how to use your CBD. That's some discount for y'all on the site too if you want to purchase CBD products. Let's go. Discounts. We love discounts. Double checks. So, Kanabi Smoke Shop Cannabis without the S smokeshop.com That's what's up. Thank you for dropping that. Go check her site out. Go check her blog out. Give her some business. Give her some feedback. Go check her IG out. Her IG is really fun, really down-to-earth person. I like Ray ever since I met her. We hit it off right away, had to do the show as quickly as possible. We're going to have to sit down and and trade off some terpenes at some point and get some uh, reviews back for the next Cannabis Cup or something like that, end up being judges of some sort. Absolutely. 
But with that, oh, you know it, you know. And I'm gonna be, um, I'm gonna be working on some content soon because I just want to get back to growing and teaching women to grow. And because I've had so many, there's so many badass growers on Instagram actually, and it's just been amazing. Uh, getting to watch them, but definitely putting some content out there. So I will be messaging you soon, very soon. Cool, cool, cool. I don't need you. <laughs> cool. Hey, anything you need, I can help you with. Anything I can learn, expand, and go from there. We full sell fam and all of that. And we're audio heads and we're lanolene people. So that's been the show for today. Is that all you want to plug anything else? You want to get some shout outs to your people? Just shout out to my girl, Alexandra Perryman. I think you already did a podcast with her. Yeah. yeah. That is my home girl. Uh, my girl at NASA. Um, another phenomenal woman paving the way. And couldn't be more proud of her. That's it for me. I need a, you know, not too much going on. Not too much going on over here yet. We'll get there. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what it takes. It's building, it's taking one step at a time and building it properly because we in it for the long haul. We in it for longevity. We're not trying to do it for, you know, the what they say, 15 seconds of fame and, and move on out. This is something that is going to be around. It should be around to improve quality of life. So that has been the show for today. Miss Spade. Blessed me with a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much. I couldn't imagine it being any better. She does have music, by the way. It might be out somewhere. Go check her films out. Go check her blog out. Give us some positive feedback. If you're on there hating, you know what you can do to yourself. We're going to call it a day. This has been Mr. Watt, Vision House Studios. The 420 episode of Hanging at the House podcast. Very special. Real quick, today's the birthday for my man's Todd Forrester, my guitar player that lives around the way from me. Hooks me up when I need it. We got some stuff from film work done. Happy birthday to you, brother. I appreciate it. Happy birthday. And we're going to get back at y'all the next time. Peace.